0: Adam 12. Adam 12. Cop Talk America's on the air. Copy. Put me 10-6. I'm tuning into Cop Talk America.
1: Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your host...
0: This next video comes out of California at a Taco Bell drive-thru where someone had too much to drink, too much to smoke, or too much of something and passed out in the drive-thru. Unfortunately, he had a gun in his lap. The police show up. They tried to formulate a plan to take him into custody, uh, but the suspect grabbed for the gun first, and it did not end well for him. So here's the video.
2: On February 9th, 2019, Vallejo officers responded to a 911 call from a Taco Bell in the city regarding an unresponsive driver in the drive-thru lane of the restaurant. Upon arrival, officers discovered a car that was at the entrance of the drive through with a male in the driver's seat of the vehicle. They also saw a gun on the lap of the driver. Officers called for backup. Officers attempted to retrieve the gun from the driver's lap quickly and without disturbing the driver. However, the door was locked. Officers attempted to secure the driver's car by placing a car in front and behind the driver to pin it in. While the second car was approaching to pin in the car, the driver awoke. Officers directed the driver to hold his hands up and show his hands. The driver was not cooperative to the orders. The driver then reached down for his gun and officers fired at the driver. He was then pulled from the car and officers began immediate medical procedures to save his life. Those efforts were not successful and the driver died. There has been significant community interest in this officer-involved shooting. Today, the Vallejo Police Department is releasing video footage of the incident to provide transparency and information to the public about what took place on February 9th. The information and footage from multiple body cameras is arranged in the following way. First, for additional context, prior to the body camera footage playing, we will play the audio from the 911 call that summoned officers to the incident. Additionally, we are providing a map that shows the general vicinity of where this incident took place and a detailed map of where the car was located in the drive-through. Second, we will show a single camera view from the officer who has the closest proximity and the best field of view to show what took place. Visual enhancements have been applied to this footage to explain what is being seen. Third, the screen shifts to a six-panel display of the body camera footage from six on-scene officers. These are time syncs so the public can see what each officer was doing during the incident. The time sync is based upon audio and visuals in the footage. Fourth, each of the six camera feeds is displayed in full screen to provide complete transparency on the incident footage. The footage is graphic. The video cuts off at the time the driver is pulled from the car, as the goal is to further the public interest in the events that led to the use of force specifically. When viewing body camera footage, the public should be aware that body cameras do not always reflect what the officer's eyes see for the following reasons. First, the camera can be up to 12 inches lower down the officer's body than their eyes, impacting the visual angles of what the officer may see versus what the camera may see. Second, While the camera stays fixed pointing forward on the officer's body, the officers can be looking around with their eyes or turn their head. Therefore, body cameras show you what is going on generally. They do not show you what the officer is seeing or responding to directly.
1: 911 Emergency. Hi, um, I work at the... Taco Bell on Admiral Callahan. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, person uh, unresponsive to car horn honks uh, in my drive-thru.
3: Okay, what kind of car is it? It's
1: a Mercedes-Benz, silver. What color? Okay.
3: Can you see a license plate?
1: Uh, honestly, we're not allowed to go out there. I didn't um, know if
2: you could see from the window, that's why I asked.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it has a license plate, but I, I can't make yeah. out what it is. Okay. Yeah, he's unresponsive. I've, I've already had, like, people try to knock on the window. Okay. I, I have no idea what's going on.
3: All right, may I ask your name?
1: Uh, My name is...
3: We'll get somebody out there for you.
4: Okay, thank now, you. Can
3: I get your telephone number?
4: Yeah, it's the talk about phone number. Sorry. Um,
1: sorry 707-648-2402? Yes,
3: that's it, yeah. Perfect, we'll get somebody out there. Okay, thank you. Thank you, bye-bye.
5: 4 Paul 5, writing you a welfare check at the Taco Bell 974 Admiral Callahan. It would be a silver Mercedes, unknown license plate with a driver slumped over at the wheel. Get a unit to clear on cover. 5 go. Go. 4 Paul 5, I'm 1025 on
4: cover.
5: 4 Paul 6, I'll divert and cover real quick. 4 Paul 6, I copy. 4 Paul 6, code 33, Jarvis, got a gun on his left. Copy, code 33, Admiral Callahan, Taco Bell. For David 3, be en route.
3: Gun. Gun. Call it out. What? There's a gun in his lap. I'm going to bust that fucking window. See it? Right here. Cover down that way. Door looks open. I'm going to pull him out and snatch his ass. me a favor. Come around my back. Make sure there's nobody in the back seat. It looks unlocked. Okay. The magazine's out, so if he shoots, he's only got one shot. Got a gun in his lap. The magazine's magazine's half out, so he's only got one shot if he shoots. Door looks unlocked. I'm thinking we snatch him out. I don't even want to give him a chance. Is this unlocked? It looks unlocked. You want to test okay. it? What are you thinking?
2: I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna grab that gun.
3: And then I'll I'll yank him out. If he, if he reaches for it. Yep. Patrick, am clear? Okay, this car's mm-hmm. in drive. Okay. So you got that, Patrick? Okay. Cars in drive. Yeah, track ready to go.
0: This spot. Locked. Okay. To pass out, but the car is in drive. Uh, We need another unit uh, to start this way. Control in front of this car. Go back, man! Yeah. Oh. All oh, more
1: anyway,
3: Yeah, come the back
1: way. push this,
3: push this control car, car up against his bumper? Hey, can you push my car up against his
1: bumper? Push that up against his bumper. He's still driving.
3: Okay. I think Leonard's pulling his car around. Watch your foot, dude. He's moving, he's moving, he's not, he's he's not up yet. Cover
1: mark. Heads! Is everybody good? Hands! Show me your hands! Anyone
3: in? Good, yep, we're good, I'm good, good, good. Still moving. All officers are okay. Uh, he's moving. He's non responsive.
1: Show me your hands! Put your hands up! Heads! Everybody be very careful if you shoot again. There's a lot of us here.
0: Well, we saw the video uh kind of speaks for itself this guy uh clearly was armed with a gun the gun was on the video and unfortunately grabbed for it he might have been drunk he might have been high but you still don't go grab him for a gun a a high guy if someone's high someone's drunk they can kill you just as easy as anyone else and the officers responded to that and uh what do you think about Jarvis
1: well you know it's kind of hard to say exactly what he was except for passed out and uh tired yeah you know they're trying to do the best they can to keep this situation under control they talked and discussed a few different times of what should they do and uh i think they spent maybe a little too much time discussing it when something should have been done but that's just my opinion not trying to second guess anyone One wanted to take the window out, which I think that's what they should have done, was taking the window out. But, you know, it's hard to say because we don't know what the subject state of mind was or his physical
0: condition. There's some reason you're driving around with a gun in your lap at the Taco Bell drive-thru. I can't imagine uh, why he would need that unless you had some bad ideas on your mind. It's California.
4: That's a valid point. And once again, we talked about uh, self-responsibility and uh, driving around with a uh, firearm on your lap through a drive-through under the influence of something uh, that wasn't a good decision whatsoever, and he paid a price for it. But back to the officers and, um, you know, what they did, uh, they did take up a good tactical position. They came up with some plans and once again, you had a line there that you probably had to establish. I think they got the cars there in a pretty timely fashion to get it blocked in there. Uh, you got people in that Taco Bell, Bell employees for sure. Uh, so there is uh, innocent citizens in the area. So if he takes that vehicle and drives it through the side of Taco Bell or does something with the wheel, you got a weapon there. Uh, it was definitely a, a bad situation they were brought into, but once again, it comes back to self-responsibility. this man created this incident, and uh, and he paid a price for it. And now we have to dissect it, and they're going to have to go through a investigation, and uh, I'm sure there's lawsuits coming out of it. And
0: you know, maybe it's me, but it seems like, it's all part of the the dramatic end of it and uh, the sensationalized end of it, but these police cases which are pretty justified and pretty cut and dry like this guy, he's armed with a gun, but when there's a whole lot of shots fired by the police, it seems to get a lot more attention and people just don't stop for a second think. it only took a couple seconds for that. When you got three or four officers or whatever it was and this guy's moving, everybody sees the same thing and they open fire, it's not going to take very long and you might have 20 rounds going off. And that sounds really, really bad, but that's really, really reality when something like this happens. And I really don't think the the normal public can quite grasp that idea. And then the news media is just going to show the absolute worst part of it and the barrage of gunfire and it it gets twisted and turned around really quick. If you're justified in shooting the guy, you're justified in shooting the guy, and if everybody shoots three or four times, it don't take long, and and it does sound like a war zone for a couple of seconds.
4: I don't think think there was gonna be a very successful conclusion to this incident. I don't think there would have been any way of waking that individual up and not having a negative reaction from him. I really don't, and I think the officers knew that was probably going to be the situation and that's exactly what happened. I mean, he's coming out of a deep sleep under the influence for whatever he's on, but, uh, There's a reason he's got that that gun on his lap he's preparing for something bad to happen probably not from the police i think there's probably someone else he's got a problem with if he's riding around a a gun on his lap and didn't think he even go to taco bell real quick without having to have some protection close by
0: and these things happen you know we've watched these on video and people probably think oh that doesn't happen very often or or this is something unique and it's not I, i had a call very similar to that about 15 years ago the guy was passed out in the car. The car was running, and the gun wasn't on his lap. It was in the passenger seat next to him. And uh, his window was down, though, so I chose to mace him instead to try to disorient him, which I did a pretty good job of that, but he still took off, just about drugged me with him. Uh, we had a small chase, but uh, mace in your eyes doesn't lead to a good conclusion when you're trying to drive and you ran into a fire hydrant, uh, grabbed his gun, and got out and ran. But we ended up catching him. He ditched his gun, and we got that. So, you know, these kind of things are not uncommon. That you're going to get these kind of calls in the, early in the morning, you know this isn't something unique. It's just another thing that officers deal with all the time, and and they don't always end up this way, and and sometimes they can end up worse, or the officer gets hurt.
5: Well, and the problem was multifaceted because the vehicle's in drive, right. and this guy's passed out with this apparently with his foot on the brake, so at any moment he could end up going mobile with a several thousand pound bullet called the car going downrange. Then you've got the people in the Taco Bell and everything else. And now the officers have to try to get the employees and all the other customers back. It looks like there's other restaurants and businesses right there in the area. And again, you have a person who he has made this decision of being in the state that he's in and then taking a firearm with him and then passing out while he's doing these things. And the officers are sitting here and you can hear them clearly talking about I'm going to try to get the door open and snatch the gun To get that part of the puzzle taken away, you still got the car could go wherever. Then they start discussing trying to get the cars around to get it to, you know, they've got him blocked in. Now, you can see they're going through a problem-solving cycle of trying to figure out all the different ways they can keep from having to injure this person. And then when he wakes up and they see the hand go for the weapon, well, you can hear some people saying, well, you should wait and see, you know, is he just waking up? Is he... Okay, how many people are going to realistically sit there and wait to see, well, the gun is coming my way, but he still hasn't quite aimed it at me? Oh, come on now. You know, at some point, people have to understand these police officers are human beings. When you're placed in this situation, you're not a machine. You're going to be scared. Your adrenaline's going to be pumping. You're going to defend your life and the lives of the fellow officers around you, so... You know, it's an unfortunate circumstance, but people need to understand, violence looks like this. It's not television. It's not a movie. It's not going to be clean cut. That's the way violence really looks.
0: And Chuck Norris could have this disarmed him without ever firing
5: a well, shot. Well, he wouldn't have yeah. never thought of shooting Chuck.
0: No. But I think they did a pretty good job as far as formulating a plan and putting it together, noticing the car wasn't driving. And then very good point, uh, take the gun out of the equation, you still got it presumingly very intoxicated on something individual that's, uh, in a car that's in drive and in, in a business area. And if he takes off, that, that's going to be a problem.
4: And I think I uh, just reviewing the article on it, you know, I think you go back and you, you always like to see what the defense attorneys or the, uh, the attorneys representing the family is going to come up with. And, uh, his comment was 25 shots were fired. Um, he didn't say it was excessive, but that's the only thing he could come out, of, come up with. And, and once you get it, it said that everything that they did is justified. When you have four or five officers, like you said, Dave, you know, firing three, four rounds, it's going to add up real quick.
5: Yeah, it says here six officers.
4: Yeah, six officers. So, um, you know, that's about all he's got to, to get a hold of. is. Uh, but once again, it comes back to self-responsibility, you know. We get drug into this. What else do you want us to do? Uh, I I think a lot of people said they should have just left. He wasn't hurting anybody. He's just in a drive-thru, passed out with a firearm. Drunk
0: off his ass with a gun.
4: Yeah, he'll sleep it off and wake up and realize he's made a mistake, and maybe so. But what if he drives out of that uh, drive-through and runs over some child or somebody's wife, t-bones them going in an intersection and kills them?
0: Not to mention the drive-through is closed.
4: And you don't think we're not going to get sued for allowing him to drive out of there uh, after we had all the facts on the what he was doing earlier? So uh, it's it's a tough situation that these people put the police into, you know, and then we're expected to make all the good decisions and, and get it solved without anybody being injured and nobody's feelings being hurt and that we don't violate anybody's rights and and do all that. It's kind of a tough job, guys.
0: And that could have happened if that guy kind had simply put his hands up and surrendered yeah. or made a decision yeah. not to get under the influence behind the wheel and put
4: a gun in your lap. Uh-huh. He, he made a lot of bad decisions. Or just leave him alone when he's been out drinking and doing what he's doing.
5: Sure. If you start what if it, okay, so I break out the window, startles him, there goes the car, our fault. Yeah. I reach in to get the gun. He wakes up, doesn't know that that's what's going on, and then he grabs the gun because he thinks somebody's attacking him. Our fault. you know. Whatever action we take, you can pick it apart and make it our fault. The bottom line is, how about you don't go to Taco Bell, inebriated, and go to sleep with your foot on the brake and have a gun? Yeah. Well, you're you to
1: our fault. Employee or just an innocent bystander comes up, taps on the window. He grabs the gun and pop now again because we left again that's our fault again and that one's really going to come back and bite us
4: and that's the problem with the body camera argument too is that, you know yeah we now we got the body cameras and we're still not right you know you can come up with a hundred different scenarios but it doesn't solve the problem how do we deal with these situations?
0: Well, the thing is, when you know? we show this body camera footage and it comes to the media and these activists and, and some of the politicians, they completely ignore what the suspects are doing. Yeah. You know, like Jeff, just you just tore it down right there. This guy chose to get whatever he was doing all night long to put him in the state that he was in. This guy chose to lay a gun on his lap. This guy chose to go through the Taco Bell drive-thru like that. We didn't tell him to do that. He made those decisions. The guy in the other video, he chose to get all bent out of shape over a seatbelt ticket. He chose to attack the officer. And these guys, the news media, they completely ignore it. They don't even really acknowledge it most of the time. They just say, oh, my gosh, look what the police did to this poor innocent person. This guy's not innocent. My ass, he's innocent. Look what he's doing. Why don't we
5: acknowledge that? And I do wish for courtroom presentation purposes that when you're put on a jury, You get to watch the film one time. That's it. That's all the officer got to see one time. And when they say, well, we want to review the film again. No, there's no second chances. There's not. You got to see what he saw. Make your decision. It's not the NFL. And that's the problem. Everybody wants to break it down now. Like, slow it down. Let me look. You know, even when they were showing the film and they're doing the slow motion. I'm like, what? Don't do that. You know, now you're building expectations. You know, I'm like, now just run the film and say, that's what happened.
4: No, you have a small, once again, a small part of population that's dictating the rules or trying to change the rules right. um, to fit their narrative, you know, to fit their, their incident. Their, and most of these people are attorneys, you know, and everybody understands what they're in the business is to make money. And, you know, the bigger pockets you can get into, the more money you're going to make for yourself, and, and they'll get the families will get a few breadcrumbs, because most likely, even, even on a 100% right shoot, you're probably going to have the city settling for something, attorney fees or whatever, so they make their money, but we want to change the rules in the midst of the game, and, uh, and it's just a small, small percentage of people that's doing it. Um, you know the couple every every shoot that we've had in our community it's turned into a lawsuit you know we even shot a bank robber that uh some reason he had rights and,
5: and it's and, amazing so, the victim wasn't the clerk behind the counter who had the gun stuck in her face no yeah. i thought that was the victim
4: yeah i thought that's why we were there but but like i said there's always a narrative and everybody understands how society works now and uh, it's about making money and uh off the, the the deaths of people and uh, the lives of these officers you know like I said these, these officers have a tough job to do they're out there every day doing it and they're making these decisions and uh, they just want to go home every night to their families and loved ones and, uh, and I don't think that's too much to ask from these guys and uh, and be a little sympathetic to what we have to do and what they have to do every night and every day and make these decisions and I wish we could get more of these uh, these videos and a bigger roundtable discussion from both sides of it because that's what it, you know across the country. Everybody's we need to start talking to one another, you know, and be able to debate these issues in a uh, civil civil tone and uh, and take all the politics out of it and take all the the money out of it. It's the biggest thing I think, but. Uh, and being able to talk about these. And and like I said, I've asked the question, what are we supposed to do? You know, on each one of these, you know, we're getting the the critics criticizing it, but what are we supposed to do? What suggestions do you make besides de-escalate it? You know, that's the only thing I've seen from an attorney. Should have
5: de-escalated it. About 150 police officers a year will not go home. Now, there will be male, female, all races, all colors, all creeds, all religions and they'll be injured by the exact same people all religions all creeds all we don't look at them as well this was a black guy or this was it's the criminal that we're dealing with or it's the victim we're trying to help or it's the poor innocent guy who just happened to be there and watch it and he's trying to figure out how do I get out of this you know because we've all been there with that innocent guy who watched what happened but then he's like I'm not going to have to go to court, right? Well, the answer to that is, oh yeah. yeah, you're coming. You know, So, no matter which way it goes, when you see 150 people are not going to go home because of their job, again, like I said before, when you see yourself putting on a bulletproof vest, that alone should make you understand this is not a normal job. And it, it doesn't allow normal people to do this job. So, We're not heroes, but we're not the villains. We're just people trying to do a job,
0: a job that needs to be done. Yeah.
4: And I just wish we had more people speak up for these people. You know, our our fine officers and, you know, society as a whole needs to start standing up for your officers because I don't think you're going to like the other side of if we don't have them out there every day protecting you. I don't think you're going to like it a bit. Yeah, next time uh, your house gets broken
0: into or your child uh, gets assaulted or something happens to your wife, uh, call your local defense attorney or your local crackhead, see if they'll respond and risk their life to help you. That uh, They won't. I'll tell you that right now. They won't. 911. Crackheads don't answer 911. Defense attorney's number is not 911. All right, well, that's another episode of Cop Talk America. Thanks for joining us. Remember, catch us here on our YouTube channel, and don't forget to check out the website you <music>